Well, it was a packed weekend of political and other news. Uh, of course, I am uh, mandated for health and safety reasons by OSHA to not pay attention to the news during the weekends unless I have some live event or something. And I didn't. And last night when I sat down and said to myself, sir, let's prepare the Monday show. I was stunned by the things that I saw. And we're going to go through. Uh, we're going to go through all of it, quite frankly. I want to start with the Biden fundraising blockbuster. Joe Biden has posted a seventy two million dollar fundraising total for Q2. That's April, May and June. Now, you might remember that last week we talked about Trump's fundraising, which came in in the low to mid 30 millions. Now, why do we care about fundraising? Of course, if you said to me, David, is the campaign finance system broken? Yes. Should we have public financing of elections instead of this money freak show? I would say, of course we should. Of course we should. We don't. And these fundraising numbers are a proxy to fundraising enthusiasm. And what we see here, as reported by NPR, President Biden post blockbuster three month fundraising total. Biden is starting his reelection campaign with tens of millions of dollars in the bank, dwarfing second quarter fundraising totals already announced by the campaigns of Trump and DeSantis. According to the announcement, uh, the Biden Harris campaign, DNC and joint fundraising committees raised seventy two million dollars from April through June and now have seventy seven million dollars in cash on hand because Biden is the incumbent and his campaign is integrated with the DNC. The fundraising total represents all the funds that the reelect could draw upon. Interestingly, although these numbers are more than double what Trump raised in Q2, and more than what every Republican combined raised in Q2. This is not as much money as Obama and Trump raised at previous times in their reelection campaigns. Trump and the Republican National Committee had raised one hundred and five million in the second quarter of twenty nineteen. We know how that turned out. Uh, Obama and the DNC raised eighty six million. Um, and did win ultimately reelection. So that that is a good thing. There's a bunch of stories here that I think are important to talk about. And of course, at the end of the day, this is all about does, how does this link to polling, if at all, and what is happening with polling? And we'll talk about that. First thing, there are those who wrote to me and said, David, these numbers don't matter. And the reason they don't matter is that Biden is running alone and unopposed, whereas the Republicans are still in a primary. So it makes sense that Republicans might not be ready yet to start donating when a bunch of the people running aren't going to be the nominees. Couple different answers to that. If you look at the Republican primary numbers, unless something dramatic happens, Trump is going to be the nominee. He's the presumptive front runner. He has close to 55 percent of all the support. The other candidates are splitting up the the 45 percent that's left. And in there, there are still some I don't knows and not sure. So in a sense, Trump is the presumptive front runner. OK, the other side of this is not everybody agrees that Joe Biden is running unopposed. In fact, lots of people get mad when you say that Joe Biden is running unopposed and they're saying you're ignoring Marianne Williamson and you're ignoring the great Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who now says that covid may be ethnically targeted to spare Jews. We'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, so there are some counterpoints to that. That being said, it is true that Republican voters might be waiting for a little more definition that it, that is true. But the other aspect of this that's funny is that Biden isn't really campaigning in the way that Trump and DeSantis are. Biden's been doing overseas trips and focusing on policy. What the right loves to say is being in the basement. And yet Joe Biden is still fundraising incredible numbers now. 
I want to be really clear. The most important part of this is do these great fundraising numbers mean we don't have to worry about voting? And the answer is, of course, that is very much not what they mean. Just look at the general election polling. New poll from YouGov has Biden tied with Trump among registered voters and Biden leading Trump by one among all, all adults. That is nothing. That is nothing. That tells us MAGA could win again. Trump could be president. Trump could get two Supreme Court picks. We know how that worked out for us in 2016. Okay. Another poll, a morning consult from a few days ago. Biden leading DeSantis by five. Biden leading Trump by one. Many polls have Trump doing worse than DeSantis. This poll has DeSantis doing better than Trump. Again, what this means is it doesn't matter if we look at the polls and we see Biden plus five or Biden minus five, or we actually don't see Biden minus five in any poll. But regardless, Trump would do better. DeSantis would do better. None of it matters. What matters is, as many of us said in 2016, you might not love Hillary, but if Trump wins, he's going to get two or three Supreme Court picks. And he did. And they got rid of Roe v. Wade. And they got rid of voting rights stuff and they did. I, mean, I could give you the whole list. We can't let it happen again. So the real important takeaway here is whatever the fundraising, whatever the polling, whatever's going on in your state or in the neighboring state or whatever, we must vote. We're 15 and a half months out from this thing. It's going to go by like that. We must vote no matter what number anybody shows you. That all being said, the fundraising discrepancy between Biden and Trump is very, very interesting. Bobby Kennedy Jr., who is seeking the Democratic presidential nomination against Joe Biden, has been caught on leaked video saying that covid is ethnically targeted to be most serious for blacks and whites and least serious for Ashkenazi Jews and the Chinese. Yeah, now we're going to be thorough here, folks. Bobby Kennedy Jr. has put out what he says is a clarifying statement. OK, but we'll look at it. But this is really, really, really crazy stuff. Let's jump into it. Listen extremely closely to what he says. Now, I'll also tell you this was supposed to be off the record. This is video from a fundraising dinner. It was supposedly off the record. And the person who recorded it has published the video. OK, I mean, listen, this, what, I'm going to pretend I don't know this now. OK, it, it was supposed to be off the record and someone published it. That is what it is. Let's listen. And we need to talk about bioweapons. Well, I know a lot now about bioweapons because I've been doing a book on it for the past two and a half years. OK, I'm not going to interrupt again. This will be my only interruption. Then we'll watch the whole thing. Bobby Kennedy does this all the time. You don't necessarily know a lot about bioweapons because you've been researching it for a couple years for a book. You also could be researching nonsense. So who it doesn't really mean anything. Let's listen to what he said. And, um, uh, and you know, the, the, what we the technology that we now have, all these micro, we have we've put hundreds of millions of dollars into uh, ethnically targeted microbes. The Chinese have done the same thing. In fact, 
COVID-19, there's an argument that it is ethnically targeted. COVID-19 attacks certain races um, disproportionately. The, uh, the, 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 the races that are most immune to COVID-19 are because of the, of the structure of the, of, um, the genetic structure, of, uh, genetic differentials among different races of the, um, of the receptors. By the way, the guy sitting next to him seems very skeptical about what's being said. The ACE2 receptor. Um, COVID-19 is targeted to attack uh, Caucasians and, uh, and, uh, and uh, black people. Now, you heard that, right? COVID-19 is targeted, targeted to attack Caucasians and black people. The people who are most immune are Ashkenazi Jews and, uh, and Chinese. And but we don't know whether it was deliberately targeted. Then the woman to his left is like, I'm going to have to take a drink after hearing that. that or not, but there are papers out there that show the, you know, the, um, the racial and ethnic differential and of impact to that. We do know that the Chinese are spending hundreds of millions of dollars developing ethnic bioweapons, and we are developing ethnic bioweapons. That's where all those labs in the Ukraine are about. They're collecting Russian DNA. By the way, continuing to call it the Ukraine at this point in time, but we're not even going to get into that. So I'm go we're going to be thorough. I'm going to tell you what his response was to this. In the video, he says, We've put hundreds of millions of dollars into ethnically targeted microbes. There's an argument that COVID-19 is ethnically targeted and COVID-19 is ethnically targeted to attack whites and blacks. And the people most immune are Ashkenazi Jews, as he says it, and the Chinese. He says it now. He drops in this little doubt where he goes, we don't know that it was deliberately done. And then he goes right back to it. OK, now, if I were to say to you, Imagine I say to you in New York City, sometimes there's gas boiler explosions and they blow up a building and, and sometimes people die. Imagine that I said to you, listen, these gas boiler explosions in New York City, um, these look like accidents, but these these are targeted assassinations. Many of them are targeted assassinations. And in fact, recently there were uh, two gas boiler explosions at uh, 105th Avenue and 205th Avenue. Now, I'm not saying that was deliberate, but we know that tons of money is being spent to hide assassinations in boiler explosions. If I said that to you, you would obviously deduce that I'm suggesting that those specific gas boiler explosions were targeted assassinations. Does it matter that I quickly drop in? Now, I don't know for sure that it was on purpose and then go back to my story. That's what he's doing here. Now, let's look at the tweet he put out after. And this is where it goes completely off the rails. And he did this because it, it went haywire. This is a crazy thing to be saying. Um, he put out the following tweet. Story is mistaken. I have never, ever suggested that the covid-19 virus was targeted to spare Jews. He literally suggests that in the video. OK, I accurately pointed out during an off the record conversation, he's continuing to use off the record like a shield. OK, listen, dude, you said it. You want us to forget about it because it was off the record. I accurately pointed out during an off the record conversation that the U.S. and other governments are developing ethnically targeted bioweapons and that a 2021 study of the covid virus shows that covid-19 appears to disproportionately affect certain races since the Furin Cleave docking site is most compatible with blacks and Caucasians and least compatible with ethnic Chinese, Finns and Ashkenazi Jews. 
In that sense, it serves as a kind of proof of concept for ethnically targeted bioweapons. I do not believe and never implied that the ethnic effect was deliberately engineered. That study is here. Well, in fact, he did appear to believe and did imply that it was deliberate. But then he said, we I, I don't know that for sure. And then goes back to his narrative. So we saw the video. We know the, the, the tone and the context of the video. Very important addition to this. This is a, t a totally different thing, but just importantly, it also isn't what the paper says. He linked to this paper. And of course, I don't know how many of the people who saw his tweet actually look at the paper. First of all, that paper ignores newer research on the exact same subject, which doesn't even find what this paper finds. But even the paper, if you look at it, don't take my word for it. Check, tr trust, but verify. Fact check me. OK, the paper he shares shows certain mutations might increase covid severity on average, but the mutations are extremely rare. Don't necessarily have the specific ethnic delineation that he implies they might or they might not. But most importantly, are not statistically significant to the point that it makes any kind of difference from a public health or risk tolerance standpoint where you might go, well, I'm an Ashkenazi Jew, as he says. So I'll take more risk than if I were white because of it's going to target it. Look at the paper. OK, even the paper he is now he's hiding behind off the record and he's hiding behind the paper. It is a ridiculous thing to say. And I encourage you, whatever you think of Sam Harris, he's put out a short 25, 26 minute podcast episode about Bobby Kennedy Jr., about whether he will or won't have him on the show and, and sort, sort of a few different things. It's really good. And Sam does a really good job of explaining that what Bobby Kennedy Jr. is doing is playing into the mood of doubt and distrust. Some doubt and distrust is logical. OK, some of it is very illogical. He's playing into that mood and then using his, his things like we've never this has never been studied. You're not allowed to study it. You look at it, oh, it's been studied. What are you talking about? We're I'm asking questions you're not allowed to ask. These questions have been asked and they've been answered. Have you looked? Have you looked for the answers? He's playing that game. He's doing it very effectively. And one of Sam's points was there's no reason to have him on to talk about vaccines because he's not an expert on vaccines. He's not a doctor. He's not an epidemiologist. He's a guy who's done research to justify a certain position that he already holds. So I encourage you to check out that episode. This is bonkers stuff there. They always will have a defense. Now the defense is I didn't really mean deliberate. And here's a paper. You certainly seem to imply deliberate and the paper doesn't say what you say it says. So that's where we are. We will keep following this. This should be a campaign ender, but it is 2023 in the United States. So it'll probably generate some donations, quite frankly. One of our sponsors is Ounce of Hope, offering high quality THC cannabis products shipped right to your door anywhere in the U.S., 100 percent federally legal giving my listeners 20% off. Ounce of Hope is an aquaponic cannabis company, which means that their process is sustainably raising fish using the nutrient rich water from the fish habitat, meaning the fish poop to feed to the cannabis plants as fertilizer, organic and symbiotic. They donate the fish to local homeless shelters. 
They donate their excess fish fertilizer to small farms and gardens in their community. So there are many things to love about Ounce of Hope. But what they have for you is just a great variety of cannabis edibles, topicals, oils and more. They have CBD. They have products with Delta eight and Delta nine THC. Their psychoactive THC products do have the effect associated with marijuana, but it's federally legal because it's made from hemp so they can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. Unlike other companies that sell Delta eight and Delta nine THC products, ounce of hopes process is all done in house. So, you know, the products arriving at your door are safe and high quality. Ounce of hope is giving David Pakman show listeners 20 percent off everything they offer when you go to ounceofhope.com and use the code Pacman. That's O U N C E of hope.com code Pacman for 20 percent off. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com slash Pacman Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H E L P.com slash Pacman Show. The link is in the podcast notes. We've talked on the show about how internet service providers have been logging everything their customers do online and selling that data. Tech companies use trackers in websites and apps to collect your data. You can shield yourself from all of it by using a VPN every time you connect to the Internet. The VPN I use is private Internet access. It's the only VPN that has proven multiple times in court they do not log your activity. Our sponsor, private Internet access, hides my IP address, prevents big tech from being able to paint a picture of who I am and what I do online. And it works for all of your favorite streaming platforms like Netflix and Hulu to access shows and movies normally only available in other countries. It's one of the only VPNs that works for peer to peer file sharing. And the best part is you can protect unlimited devices with just one account going online without private Internet access is like leaving your phone unattended in a crowded room. Anyone can just take a glance. My audience gets 83 percent off. That's just two oh three a month. Go to piavpncom slash David. The link is in the podcast notes. 2024 Republican presidential candidate Chris Christie is continuing to pound Trump and Trump is obviously scared and Trump doesn't seem to want to get on a, on a debate stage with Chris Christie. Now, Donald Trump has already been laying the groundwork for some time to skip the first Republican presidential primary debate, which will be 
August 23rd on Fox News, moderated by Brett Baer. I believe Brett Baer and Martha McCallum. Uh, Chris Christie's approach has been to go directly after Donald Trump. I believe it is the right approach because the 2024 Republican primary is essentially Trump yes or no. However, it is not really helping Chris Christie very much, who still is polling below 3%. And there may not be anything Chris Christie can do. In a sense, Chris Christie's campaign may be dead on arrival. But to the extent that the other candidates aren't willing to actually point out what the real problem is in the Republican Party, the real problem is that it has become the MAGA party. That's really the problem for the Republican Party. We can go if they went back to the policies of George W. Bush and Ronald Reagan and, and George H. W. Bush, we could say, oh, we disagree with those policies. But the problem is that's not even really what Republicans are about right now because they've been taken over by MAGA. So it, Chris Christie is going to go down with the ship most likely, but he is going to go down with the ship of I'm going to point to the biggest problem for our party right now, which is Trump. Chris Christie is now doing a really good job of taunting Trump about actually showing up and debating. And I will talk in a moment about how I think such a debate would go if Trump and Christie got on the same debate stage. But here is Chris Christie speaking yesterday morning to George Stephanopoulos on ABC's This Week. This clip uh, from the um, account Accountable GOP, which does a great job pulling these clips. Come on, Donald, get on the stage and defend your record. You know, if you want to be the nominee, you need to defend your record. Yes. And he has a record four years as president where he didn't deliver on a lot of issues that Republicans care deeply about. He didn't repeal and replace Obamacare like he said he would, even though he had a Republican Congress. He he said he was going to balance the budget. He added $6 trillion to the national debt. Uh, he said he was going to build the wall in Mexico. He bought, built 47 miles of new wall. You know, George, at that pace in four years, he need 110 years as president um, to be able to finish the wall. Well, and many Trump supporters would gladly give him the 110 years if he lived that long. But that's a story for a different day. Trump doesn't like this. And we're going to see a clip of Trump continuing to suggest he's going to skip the debate. And we will talk about why. Uh, Let's look at one more Chris Christie clip. In this one, Chris Christie says when Trump says he believes he won in 2020, He doesn't actually believe that he won. It's just something that he's saying. It's part of the grift. We also learned that former top White House officials, including Jared Kushner, have been called before the January 6th grand jury. Kushner reportedly told the grand jury that Trump sincerely believed that he won. What do you make of that, number one? And what do you make of the fact that Smith has reached that deep into the Trump White House? Well, first off, it shows that Jack Smith's running a serious investigation. And that's what he should be doing, because the American people are owed at least that much um, by someone who has the authority that Jack Smith has. And if you're going to bring charges related to January 6th, you better be right. And you better have proof beyond a reasonable doubt that a jury's going to be able to understand. And that's unimpeachable. Um, as far as, uh, you know, the, what, what's going on with Donald Trump in terms of these charges, um, uh, the fact is that uh, he doesn't believe he won. Uh, He was concerned before the election that he was losing. And I know that because he said it to me directly. Mm. Uh, So, uh, you know, he knows he didn't win, but his ego, George, won't permit him to believe that he's the only person in America outside the state of Delaware to ever have lost to Joe Biden. Um, And so his ego is running that. And am I surprised that Jared Kushner would say that? Um, He doesn't want to be disinvited to Thanksgiving, George. So he said what he needed to say. So listen, um, I I know that there are still people who write to me and they say, but Chris Christie defended Trump for years. And you're right. And that's going to play into the dynamics if they do get on a stage together. But let's now go to what Donald Trump said to Maria Bartiromo 
Trump continuing to suggest to her in an unhinged interview that we'll look at in more detail later, he is strongly looking at not participating. I want to begin with the state of play of this election, with now uh, the election over a year away and the first GOP primary debate uh, a month or so away. Will you be on that stage? Are you participating in the upcoming debate? Well, you know, it's a uh, quite an easy question normally. Uh, Ronald Reagan didn't do it and a lot of other people didn't do it. When you have a big lead, you don't do it. Remember, they were incumbents running for reelection. Trump is not currently the president. And we have a lead of 50 and 60 points in some cases, and uh, some of these people are at zero. Uh, Ron DeSanctis, as I call him, or DeSanctimonious, is down to, uh, he's in the teens now, and I'm at 50 and 60 and 65, and even I saw one today at 70. And so you're leading people by 50 and 60 points, and you say, why would you be doing a debate? It's, not, it's actually not fair. Why would you let somebody that's at zero, or one or two or three, you know, be popping you with questions, well, I mean popping you with questions. Now, of course, you can't you, you wouldn't make the debate stage if you were at uh, zero. In fact, requirements to be in GOP primary debate. I think it was 40,000. Yeah. So it's um, candidate must reach at least one percent in three national polls or at least two national polls and two from early voting states, as well as a uh, 40,000 individual donors, I believe, in just 35 days uh, or no, some candidates did it in 35 days, but you have to have 40,000 individual donors. Forget for a second about who you like on policy. Just for, put that aside for a second. On the one hand, if Trump and Christie get on the same debate stage, Trump is going to be receiving a drubbing from Chris Christie. That would be absolutely wild because Chris Christie has a lot of ammunition. Now, you might say, David, last time they were both on the stage together in 2015, 2016, it wasn't a drubbing. Christie did nothing. He got no attention except for his Marco Rubio viral moment. It didn't happen last time. There are very different circumstances now with Trump's not only failures, but Trump's anti-democratic actions over the last several years. And Chris Christie would absolutely beat him over the head with it, and it wouldn't be good for Trump. But Trump does have a retort. The problem is that Trump's retort doesn't make him look particularly good. It makes Christie look bad, but it doesn't make Trump look particularly good. And Trump's retort when Chris Christie slams him is, well, Chris, you supported everything I did for four years, endorsed me and stood behind me until you decided you wanted attention for yourself, which you're getting by running for president. You're the loser, Chris. That will likely play very well with MAGA audiences. As soon as Christie slams Trump, Trump goes, not what you said to me for years, Chris. You're just doing this for attention because you're desperate or whatever. I don't know on balance who comes out ahead with that. Christie would be very effective at going after Trump in these Republican debates. But Trump does have that retort, whether he would be smart enough to use it, whether he would be prepared to use it. I don't know. But I hope Trump does participate, not only to feed my genuine curiosity about how much of a disaster it will be, but because you should participate if you're running. If you if you want to show you're serious, make if your argument is the ones and twos aren't serious, but I am. You should be there to show how serious you are and how much better your policy ideas are and how much better you are at, at, at stage presence. So I hope that he's there. I don't know if he will be. After months and months of mo and months of getting away from I'm going to cut Social Security, 
Ron DeSantis now admits he wants to cut Social Security, but not for seniors, for people just starting to work, as well as people in their 20s and people in their 30s. I've received a few emails saying, David, this is it for DeSantis. He's done. He's done. I don't know because so few people watch any one thing that DeSantis does or understand it, <laughs> quite frankly. But here is Ron DeSantis apparently now employing a Carrie Lake style blur filter um, on Fox News talking about Social Security. Listen really closely to what he says. Let me get to a couple of issues. You've said that Republicans are not going to mess with Social Security. But as a congressman, you voice support for privatizing Social Security and raising the retirement age to 70 for future seniors down the road. What made you change your mind? Well, I've always said promise made, promise kept. I'm a governor of Florida. Of course, we're going to protect people's Social Security. Um Isn't he charismatic? My grandmother passed away when she was 91. That was her sole source of income. Yeah. And that's true for millions of seniors. And so that that goes without saying. So when people say that we're going to somehow cut seniors, so that is totally not true. Uh, talking about making changes for people in their 30s or 40s so that the program's <laughs> viable, you oh. know, that, that's a much different thing. Yeah. And that's something that, that I think that there's going to need to be discussions on. But um, but that's just the reality in terms of in terms of where I've been. So I don't think it's necessarily a change. And in terms of privatization, what I always said was you aren't going to be able to offer individual accounts because there's no Social Security surplus. There used to be massive surpluses. Yeah, and the was... thought was if you. OK, so so th there's two big things here. First of all, he is saying we're not going to cut any seniors Social Security. Like, for, for example, my grandmother, 91. Would, no, we would never would have cut that. But if you're in your 30s and 40s and presumably any younger than that, then we're going to look at making some changes. He's saying that he is going to do exactly that. If you raise the retirement age for those in their 30s and 40s, if you say, well, OK, in order to get the benefit you would have gotten at age 67, you're going to need to work to seven to 72. It is a cut. It is a cut because the total amount of money over time that over your lifetime that you will receive actually goes down more work relative to benefits so that it is a form of a cut. Also, the people who are now 30 and 40, at least some of them someday will be 91 like his grandmother was. I guess he doesn't care because he won't be his problem by that point. Who the hell knows? Uh, and then on privatization, he doesn't say it's not something he would do. He just says we don't have a way to do it because there's no surplus. It's a deficit, which again is him essentially saying, I also would look at that if it was a possibility. This should be the death of the DeSantis candidacy. It may not be the difference maker because his campaign is already crumbling and we're going to look at that a little bit later. But most recently, DeSantis polling uh, another decline. He is now under 20 percent. So when Trump said that DeSantis is in the teens, it's 19.7. But this is his first time below 20 since mid-May. And before that, it was months and months and months of being around 30. So the DeSantis campaign is very much in trouble. They're starting to fire people. He's bragging about crowds of 30 people. We'll get to that later and tomorrow. But here it is. He now is clearly saying he will cut Social Security for people that are now 40 and under. Not a super exciting proposition. I love a good sauna after a workout, after a stressful or long day. 
you get in the sauna to unwind. The blood vessels dilate. Your heart rate goes up. It can soothe muscles and more. Now you can enjoy the same effects from the comfort of your home without a bunch of strangers walking around, which I personally am not big on. Our sponsor Bon Charge makes the world's safest and most advanced sauna blanket, and it's tremendous. I love getting in there for reading or get a little work done, a little meditation, take a nap. Just gets you really relaxed, super easy to clean, really compact, lightweight design, simple to fold up and put away when you're done with it. And it comes with a 12 month warranty. If you don't love it, returns are really easy. No questions asked. Go to bondcharge.com slash Pacman. Use the code Pacman for 15 percent off. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash Pacman and get 15 percent off with code Pacman. The info is in the podcast notes. Are you tired of getting crushed in the market or the volatility? There is some good news, which is that Treasury yields are surging. You can now get a whopping 5% yield on Treasury bills. That is higher than any high yield savings account that I have seen. But buying U.S. Treasuries can be a complicated process, at least it used to be. That's where our sponsor, public.com, comes in. With public, you can buy Treasury bills in seconds right from your phone. Couldn't be easier. Plus, public will even automatically roll over your investments at maturity. So you have one less thing to think about. Take another thing off your plate. Treasury bills are government backed securities considered one of the safest investments out there. And when you buy them through public, they are securely stored at the Bank of New York Mellon, which is the largest custodian bank in the world. No minimum hold periods, no settlement delays. You have full access to your funds whenever you need them. Put your cash to work. Earn that 5% yield by going to public.com slash Pacman. Don't miss the opportunity. The link is in the podcast notes. My friends, especially my MAGA friends, Trump doesn't look good. Trump looks confused. Trump looks sweaty, uh, bloated and gaunt at the same time. But most importantly, the things coming out of his mouth don't make any sense. Donald Trump went to Charlie Kirk's Turning Point Action event in West Palm Beach, Florida over the weekend and gave what I guess we can technically still call a speech. It was so bizarre. It scared not only many people in the United States, but people around the world wondering, does this guy even have cognitively what it takes at this point to think through any political issues? I would argue that the answer is no. Here is Donald Trump at this speech. If you think the speech is bad, just wait till I show you video of the attendees a little bit later in the show. Here is Donald Trump talking about documents and again going to these strange anecdotes, including one about Bill Clinton and his socks. This is not a man who is well, not a man who is well. We have some bad ones. The crucial legal precedent is laid out in the most important case on the Presidential Records Act ever on this subject known as the Clinton. It's Bill Clinton. Sox. Clinton. Case. You know why socks? Because he took it out of his socks. I didn't take it out of my socks. I had boxes piled up in front of the White House and everybody in front of the toilet. Actually, he's taking pictures of them because I wasn't hiding anything. He took it out of his socks after leaving the White House. Bill Clinton kept 79 audio tapes 
in his socks and in his sock drawer. That's why it's called the Clinton socks case. It's the think about that. It's the Clinton sock drawer, the Clinton sock drawer, Clinton sock drawer. What are you talking about, dude? What are you talking about? And the crowd used to love this story. They're increasingly weirded out by it. Interestingly enough, Trump then bravely. This is a real profile in courage. Trump announces that he's going to make a commission to investigate the causes of disease. Wow. Is medical science doing anything about that? Kindergarten through college, you don't get anything. You don't get anything. I will also continue my long record of standing up to Big Pharma by creating a special presidential commission to investigate what is causing the decades long increase in childhood diseases, autoimmune disorders, autism, obesity, infertility. Doctors everywhere are like, we we mostly know we mostly know that stuff. Do we really talk about government waste? We need a commission to investigate a lot of that stuff. And by the way, I know we don't yet have every answer to these questions, but do we really think that the people who say government can't do anything right want to say, even though medical science is already investigating every single one of these things, we're going to put in place a government commission to investigate it. This is just the Bobby Kennedy Jr. esque playing into the mood of distrust that Trump has had a major role in creating in the first place. Trump talking about how Washington, D.C. was beautiful under his watch because he would take down tents. And if he were to become president, he would federalize Washington, D.C., I guess, take power away from Washington, D.C.'s municipality, which is a very big authoritarian overreach, I must say. She was riding her father's car in Washington, D.C. on the 4th of July. Washington, D.C., so beautiful and not beautiful anymore. Mm. I kept it beautiful. If I saw one tent or two tents or three tents as I was coming in from the airport, I'd have them taken down immediately. This may not even be true. As usual, it's like if true, it's crazy Uh, and it's probably not true. Because I knew that you'd have a hundred tents and a thousand tents if you don't do it. But you should see Washington, D.C. right now in Washington, D.C. on the 4th of July. Nine people were viciously shot in a single drive by shooting that targeted an Independence Day celebration, including a nine year old child. It's about time for the federal government to take over Washington, D.C. and run it properly, run it with sense. Run it strongly. The people for small government will have the federal government take over municipalities. That's really a a, a nice, you know, small government idea, isn't it? Trump also promises that when he returns to office, he believes it's a matter of when, not if the travel ban will be back even bigger than before. Under the Trump administration, we impose extreme vetting and put on a powerful travel ban to keep radical Islamic terrorists and jihadists out of our country. Of course, the countries on that list were not countries that had been sources of active terror incidents in the United States. It was a very strange list in that way. And with great success, you know that you didn't see anything about that for four years, did you? Trump's like, I banned Muslims from countries that have never sent terrorists here. And during my time in office, they they didn't send any terrorists here. Wow. So like just like for the previous years as well. Interesting. 
And you would have seen a lot of it. When I return to office, the travel ban is coming back even bigger and much stronger than before. Yep. The United States will not be condemned for the same fate as countries like France, which are truly going through hell right now. I guess the good news for us is this is the platform he ran on in 2020 and he lost on this platform. So that's something. And then, of course, uh, now linking Ron DeSanctimonious to globalist establishment things. When I'm president, it will be done very quickly. I believe in 24 hours. Now, somebody like Ron DeSantis cannot do it because he's owned and controlled by the globalist establishment who always puts America last. We all saw how quickly DeSantis reversed himself on Ukraine. You know, it's funny. The other day they were doing a, a straight news show. And they said, and ladies and gentlemen, we have Ron DeSantis here. And they scream, no, it's DeSantis, you know. So that's called good branding. Do you? <laughs> they, they can't even get his name right. The guy's introducing him as DeSantis. I love that. Anyway, uh, so going into the whole he's a globalist thing, we know about the anti-Semitic undertones and the entire thing. Trump doesn't really do speeches. He tells mostly fake stories that are self-aggrandizing, never took place. And he thinks they make him look good, even though they just make him look even more unhinged. But if you think this was wild, you've got to see the interview with Maria Bartiromo. Trump brown noser and Fox News host Maria Bartiromo actually confronts Trump and says, Trump, you didn't drain the swamp. And Trump tries to argue that he did. When you start to lose Maria Bartiromo, you know something is going very wrong. Take a look at this thing that you could look back on yeah. in 16 that you think maybe you want to do differently this time around. Well, the mistakes would be that a lot of people, for instance, say you should have been softer. This, But I was under siege by people that were very dishonest. I, if I was soft, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Believe me, I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been able to finish out one of the most successful terms as president to a point where it was so successful that I'm leading by 50 points right now. You know, I mean, that wouldn't have happened. Uh, the, the mistake would be people. I mean, I wouldn't have put a guy like Bill Barr in. He was weak and pathetic. I wouldn't have put uh, Jeff Sessions in. Uh, there are some people that I wouldn't have put in. You know, most people were good, but I had some people. Uh, we had uh, Esper. I didn't like him. He was incompetent, I thought. <laughs> we had other people I didn't Remember, like. Trump ran on he was going to hire all the best people. Why did you put them in the job then? Uh, because every, look, every president, you put somebody in, you think they're good. But one thing that has happened, and I find it very interesting, and this is the way life goes, I put people in, I was there 17 times in Washington, D.C., in my whole life, <laughs> okay? I never stayed overnight. The press actually reported 17. I don't know if it's right, but it's probably pretty right. <laughs> uh, I never stayed overnight, ever. And then, all of a sudden, I'm the president of the United <laughs> States, and it's like a different society. I was New York, and, you know, it was a different thing. So I didn't know people. I became president. I'm riding down Pennsylvania Avenue with our first lady. I had 250 motorcycles. I had armies. I had the story gets so off kilter that Maria Bartiromo brings it back with, well, you didn't really drain the swamp, did you? Everything I said, do you believe it were president? Take a look. This is wild, right? But I never was involved in mm. that. And so you didn't know what to expect. No, no, I well, I didn't know the people. I know the people now better than anybody's ever known the people. I know the good ones, the bad ones, the dumb ones, the smart ones. I well, you, think you the didn't drain ones, the swamp like you said you would. You didn't drain the swamp. I did. I fired Comey. I fired a lot of people. A lot of the people I had, I fired. I, I fired Comey 
very early. Now, remember, Comey's the exception. Most of the people Trump fired are people he hired. That's the fascinating thing. He wants Maria to believe he drained the swamp by firing mostly people he hired to begin with. It's sort of like saying, I'm the number one firefighter here. I put out 10 fires that I set myself. Incredible job, sir. Really? I mean, just incredible job. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, This is wild. And he's losing Maria Bartiromo. Here's a rant which is so conspiratorial that uh, it, it actually will make your brain hurt. Trump now is claiming to Maria Bartiromo that the FBI was plotting against him early to get him out of office. Just, they were just plotting to give him all these indictments uh, to get him out. FBI is weaponized. It's not, and FBI is weaponized too. I know other people in the FBI. They're incredible. The agents, they're incredible. So I hate to say the FBI because you have people in the FBI that are very angry. When Comey went after Hillary Clinton, didn't go after her, when he mentioned her crimes and then she's been exonerated. It doesn't matter. They were going to have a strike in the FBI, in my opinion. That's what I heard and that's what I read and I really believe that. If a Gentile And that's why he had to come out and say, keep it going a little while before he tried to exonerate her. But if you remember that stupid press conference that he had where he talked about all of her so-called crimes and he said, but she's not guilty of this, she's not guilty of that, she's not guilty. All he had to do is say she's not guilty and people wouldn't have known what happened. But he, you know, he liked to grandstand. So he wanted to be on television for an hour. What Trump seems to not understand is that that insane press conference, which wasn't necessary at all, arguably made the difference and made Trump president. That's the incredible thing. Trump's angry about a press conference that was one of the biggest gifts to him that you could imagine. And the FBI the real people of the FBI, not the corrupt ones, because most of them aren't corrupt. They're great. But the agents and a lot of the people in the FBI, they watched that, too. They thought it was terrible. And I believe they were going to literally strike. And then what happened is Comey said, if you remember, he'd exonerate her. Then he had to go back and said, well, no, no, I'm going to redo it. And it was a whole mess. But the people in the FBI are not that way. But the top people have been so bad when you have McCabe and you have uh, Lisa Page and the whole group struck, struck and Page. That was a wonderful couple. No, they're all. When you had all of these people with the insurance policy, what happens, darling? What happens if he doesn't? What happens if he wins? Oh, it won't happen. I remember. But if he does, remember this. But if he does, we have an insurance policy. Well, all right. So remember, the insurance policy used to be the Russia probe. Now, apparently, the insurance policy was six years after those texts to indict Trump, including on state charges that have nothing to do with the FBI. The people involved in those texts are long gone. It it just it's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Trump then uh, tells one of his tears in their eyes stories. He says policemen who arrested him were crying. They actually indicted an opponent who was the president of the United States. I got indicted. I said, I can't (laughs) believe it. I got indicted. I could tell you stories of what happened when I went down to New York and when I went down with policemen looking at me and crying. <laughs> they actually indicted. Oh, God, the tears in their eyes. Story. The t- policemen were all crying because Trump got indicted. All right. So listen, Maria Bartiromo starting to turn on Trump. Apparently it is wild what is going on here, but it is not going to get any better until this guy is really put out to pasture. He's in a commanding lead in the Republican primary. The polling is such that if he is the nominee, he could defeat Joe Biden. 
and he could be the next president of the United States. We must prevent that from happening. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. I know there's three million of you out there who watch the clips and don't subscribe. Just subscribe. It'll be a beautiful thing. What? Please clap. Please clap. We'll take a quick break and be right back. Staying properly nourished is just so important to feeling your best every day. Our sponsor, AG1, makes it so simple. Just a single scoop of AG1 a day. You get 75 high quality vitamins and probiotics from whole food sources. You're covered for the day. Half of Americans are deficient in vitamins A and C and magnesium. Not everybody has time to perfectly plan every meal. And I don't know that any of us want to be spending a whole bunch of money on endless different vitamins and supplements. AG1 just simplifies it and it's more cost effective. I take a single scoop of AG1 in the morning before my coffee. Tastes great with water, but you can mix it, quite frankly, into anything you want. With that one scoop, I'm covered for the day, getting everything I want. It's easy and it's a simple routine that works. Go to drinkag1.com slash Pacman to get five free travel packs of AG1 plus a free one year supply of vitamin D. That's drinkag, the number one dot com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is Zipix Nicotine Toothpicks. Zipix brings you a convenient alternative to smoking and vaping and the vape clouds, the ashtrays, the thing in your lip that people can see. I've seen that around. This is an easier and less messy way to curb the cravings. And you can use Zipix just about anywhere. Zipix is available in six flavors with two or three milligrams strength. The nicotine and the flavor are long lasting and Zipix has helped countless people kick the bad habits and they are bad habits. Zipix toothpicks are FDA registered. Their customer service is second to none. It is one of the most cost effective alternatives also check out their B12 and caffeine toothpicks. See for yourself why so many people have switched to Zipix toothpicks. You can only get Zipix online. Quitting has never been easier with Zipix nicotine toothpicks. Go to zipix.com, get 10% off with the code Pacman10 at checkout. That's z i p p i x.com. Use code Pacman10 for 10% off. The info is in the podcast notes. Okay, let's look at a few other things. Earlier, we looked at Donald Trump's speech at Charlie Kirk's Turning Point Action event meant to target you know, the whole organization targets college students. They want to make college students and recent graduates Republicans. We have some unbelievable video with attendees of this event. And here is a little compilation of some attendees at the Charlie Kirk event asked, why are you supporting Donald Trump? The answers are as whacked out as you can imagine. Take a listen to this. He gets the job done. He runs America like a business. And with the side of capitalism, that's really what it is. He's just an amazing, smart, intelligent man that um, is really behind all of us. The election was stolen from him in 2020. Um, he definitely deserves another four years. I think we need to get real about China. We should have gotten real about China a long time ago. We got to get real about China. That's one of those prototypical phrases that mean absolutely nothing. What do you mean? Get real about China. What, what policy exactly would you want to see? 
Yeah, you know, it's it's totally bizarre world. Respect, respect for the United States was as low as it had been in going back to Bush under Trump. What are you talking about? His business skills are going to translate to foreign policy. How it didn't work out. It simply did not work out that way. Now, hilariously, apparently they also sold too many tickets for the Trump speech at this event. And there are a whole bunch of people furious in a hundred degree heat. You have to see this. Just the implosion of these events is so funny. Crowd chanting, let us in. They're demanding Charlie Kirk come out to talk to them. Imagine being this mad about not being allowed to see Trump tell the same 10 stories again. Yeah, we want Charlie Kirk to come out here and tell us that after standing online for four hours and 115 degrees, must be a New Yorker. New Yorkers and from Jersey, they say standing online. Weltering garage to be told when we finally get to the front that we can't come in. We can't see. There's a wall up, and we can't come in. And all hundreds of people are back here who came from all over the country, and they won't let us in. Do they say why? No, no. But this is I just spent a thousand dollars on my airline ticket to fly here from New York City. Okay. They claim there's no more seats. Staying in a hotel. All right. So people are very, very angry that they weren't allowed into this cult fest. There were also products made available at this event, Um, and one of the products is a 5G radiation tent of some kind to protect you from 5G. You are going to hear an audio sort of um, problem, okay? And I think that that audio problem is the 5G tent. It's it's a really crazy device. Listen to this. Hear that scrambler type noise? I guess that's the tent. Oh, you know what I think that noise was? I think that noise was almost like a Geiger counter type device that they were holding up to the woman's phone, detecting signals coming out of it. And it's like, yeah, it's a phone. Of course, there's signals coming out of it. Um, and then they sell you this device that you <laughs> that you put on top of it. Um, <laughs> super easy to have a phone call over that racket. That's for sure. Here's a woman who went to the speech who said she's from Ethiopia and she really doesn't want the U.S. to turn into a communist country. Why are you, are you here today? Because I love the United States of America. I want it to return back to the way it was. Mm. I want our military to be strong. I want us to be free as God has willed us to be. I don't want to have anything to do with part of China. I was born and raised overseas in Ethiopia. Mm. My father was Haile Selassie's pilot. Uh, for 26 years, and we saw my birth country turn into communism. So therefore, right. I know what it does. I've seen it. So 
I don't want it happening to here because it goes against everything we believe in. Well, a real Why? cautionary tale from this woman who believes the solution to all of those problems is Donald Trump. No surprises at all about what we saw at this event. Folks, I can't believe what I am about to tell you. On a whim, I wrote a children's book to try to deal myself with the problem of not teaching kids critical thinking. I don't know what I'm doing. The book is called Think Like a Detective, a kid's guide to critical thinking. We have now sold more than 6,200 copies in the first 10 days. The I, I it seems like these numbers must be fake because I don't know what I'm doing. But over 6,200 copies sold mostly in the US copies sold to Canada, UK, Germany, Australia. There's other countries as well. We shipped them to, to Japan and, and many other places. Sixty two hundred copies. We now have it's now new and improved. If you got the original one before Friday, it's the same book. Nobody's missing anything. It's just you can continually make little tweaks and updates. There was one typo in the book, which we fixed. We also changed the shading uh, and the color on the cover to make it pop a little bit more. Uh, we have done so many other little things. Some of the illustrations have been improved. They're just better. It's it's all improving and it's a fantastic and unbelievable thing that I just can't thank people enough for uh, uh, having gotten the book. It's available, of course, at davidpackmancom slash book in Kindle or in paperback shipping all over the world. We because of the success of this, we are turning it into a series. The next one is going to be this one's think like a detective. We're thinking of doing think like a scientist. Um, we might do think like a doctor. This it, it's just unbelievable. OK, a few reviews, some positive, some negative that I want to read for you. Alex wrote in a five star review verified. Everyone should read this. David, sir, this book literally brought tears to my eyes. It's a very easy and fun read filled with relatable examples of mysteries to solve using critical thinking. Your explanations are great for kids, teens and adults alike. The illustrations are beautiful. I'm an English teacher in France and will read it with my students. Amazing. Mark with another review, a skill worth emphasizing for people of all ages. And he writes, I highly recommend this for any parent to read to or with your young children would also appreciate a version that might be just as succinct, but geared more toward a higher age range with real world examples. Thank you, Mark. Uh, and then we have uh, one other review, one star review right wing propaganda. This book is just very blatant right wing propaganda. I don't know if this person is confused, but the book is certainly not right wing propaganda. I don't know what to tell you about that. Uh, David slash book. If you already bought it, please leave a review. Sixty two hundred copies, only three hundred reviews. OK, that's only five percent. Uh, make sure if you bought it to leave a review. Super, super helpful for us. And very importantly, uh, the new version is now out and it is an absolute and total delight at davidpackman.com slash book. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here's a caller who says he is looking forward to Trump's death. This is not it's hard for me to relate with this so directly because I, I, I never wish for people's death. Take a listen. 
Hey, Mr. Pagman, this is Ben from Oklahoma. Yeah. And I heard you say something about Trump and Biden, and Biden might live longer because he's healthier, his BMI index. I, I, I really don't know what you said. Okay. But I felt like you were looking at it from the standpoint of Biden may be healthier. He's like, you know, he's not eating chicken and coke. And- the, 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 it wasn't me, first of all. It was an analysis of medical records. Biden exercises... Uh, and is not obese and eats a much better diet than Trump. And those are major lifestyle risk factors. Diet Coke and all that other stuff. Yeah. But I will say this. Please. The day that that I was about to say your ass, but the day that Trump dies. Yeah. Everybody's celebrating. <laughs> I'm celebrating like I'm like I don't even know what I'm going to say about it, but I'm celebrating. I'm going out, I'm buying, I'm buying friends drinks, I'm buying everybody. In fact, David, I may even buy a subscription <laughs> to your deal. I'm, I'm subscribed where I click the subscribe button, but I've never bought the uh, main thing. So right. It is what it is. So let's hope for the best. <laughs> Listen, for me, even when people who do bad things to the country or the planet die, It's hard for me to take pleasure in their death. It's just not in my constitution because presumably someone loves them. In Trump's case, I don't know exactly who that is, but someone presumably does, maybe his kids. Um, And so it is not in my nature to take pleasure at that. When Rush Limbaugh died, I said, listen, this guy's impact on the world was decidedly negative and I don't wish death on anybody. That's just it's just what it is. So uh, point taken. But uh, Everybody can make their own uh, conclusion on that. On the bonus show today, I yesterday had to stop the theft of my umbrella from a woman who grabbed it by running up to her and ripping the umbrella from her hands. This is not a joke. Yesterday, someone tried to steal my umbrella and I chased her down and ripped the umbrella out of her hands. I'm going to tell producer Pat the story. We'll have him evaluate it. He had this one situation where he once ended up having to kick a guy in the chest on the uh, Paris, France subway. And fortunately, this situation did not come to that. But I did have to rip it out of her hands and declare this is not your umbrella. And then people gathered and I said, did you guys did you see that? Did you see what just happened? Um, And then many people criticizing me for using the umbrella to hold a table, saying, David, that was stupid. Why would you do that in New York City? I'm going to tell the whole story on the bonus show. Okay, we'll also talk about more student loan debt forgiveness from Joe Biden. Iran's morality police are back. Kirsten Sinema has been outraised by Ruben Gallego. So many things to discuss on the bonus show today. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Sure. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Sign up at joinpacman.com. Don't miss today's historic bonus show. And we'll be back tomorrow with more programs.